Hi, dear friends. Thank you for tuning in to the Urban Siren Podcast. This is Diane, and I'm your host. We are entering Leo season today, Wednesday, July 22nd. And I'd like to talk today on the podcast about Leo and how it associates with the sun card in the tarot. And just uh, to kind of give a little bit of a comparison to some of the traditional um, interpretations of the sun card compared to what, um, and I'm not, I don't think I'm the only one who feels this way, um, how, how maybe not so on the surface the definition of the sun card is in the tarot that it's, it's quite a bit more complex and multi-layered than uh, perhaps we like to um, consider because uh, I'll start by saying traditionally the sun card is a card of um, great uh, fortune, great good fortune. And traditionally the sun card is associated with um, great success, um, uh, incredible um, uh, bounty and just about you know just kind of like the idea that everything is coming up roses and daffodils and you know there's if I'm looking at the Smith Rider weight deck right now and indeed there's like sunflowers everywhere um, you know just this this image of expansion and joy and delight and um, childlike innocence and just basically nothing can go wrong. So again, when we look at the card, and again, I'm referring to the Smith Rider weight deck as the image, I would like to point out that there is another side of the sun card in the tarot that is not necessarily um, talked about uh, all that much um, in certain circles and uh, so that we don't oversimplify the meaning of the tarot I'd like to look at the sun card in the way I uh, relate to it which is a card of truth examining, reconciling, and coming to terms with truth. And it's in this way, the sun card can be a lot more challenging than we might originally deem it to be if we're looking at it at sort of the traditional sense of, you know, everything's great, everything's going your way, the card of extreme positivity. And when we look at it as a card that is the bringer of truth, it's not necessarily the easiest um, message to digest. So let's look at that for a minute. And again, I'll dissect it in the way that it is portrayed in the Smith Rider Weight deck. Um, so we're looking here at the image of, first and foremost, you see the sun uh, just shining uh, really vibrantly, brilliantly, and uh, with the image of a face. So there is this indication that there is a spiritual nature to the presence of the sun, that it's not just um, an inanimate object, but it actually has a countenance. It actually has eyes that are uh, gazing straight at the querent, really looking. And I'd like to just point out that this image here of this face um, within the sun itself is sort of a great indicator that this card is, um, it's, it's inviting you to pay attention to, um, to what's happening looking directly at a situation. So let's let's examine that for just a minute. What happens when we are invited to look at something 
very concisely, um, with intensity, with intention, and with commitment. The gaze that is being held here in the sun card by the image of the face in the sun itself is, it's not averting its gaze. It is looking straight on. And let's just put that aside for a moment as we shift our um, awareness of the card down a bit to what we see to be a child, you know, a naked child on a horse, a white horse. So the nakedness of the child and the child itself is signifying uh, innocence, is signifying um, not necessarily youth, but a beginner's mind and the ability to um, be present with what is. So children are experts at being present and being in the moment. Adults tend to let their minds get the better of them, let their thoughts drift, they uh, become distracted, they multitasking, trying to do a million things at once, not necessarily to the benefit of the person doing all these things, actually. It can be quite exhausting and tiring, and um, at the end of the day, it can also be very counterproductive when we try to do too many things at once. Um, while juggling things is a great skill to have, there's nothing wrong with it, but when we overdo it, we lose touch with the task at hand. And sometimes the task at hand is simply just being in the present moment, and that's it, and that's all we need to do. So as we grow older, we um, start to take on the stories, the responsibilities, the um, projections of society and others into our own world, and we forget what it is that we are here to do, which is to be in the present moment, to love and to be loved, and to be at one with uh, the truth and the circumstances um, at hand. So, we're looking at this child. This child is riding uh, this horse, this white horse. You, uh, we see another white horse in the tarot, and we see the white horse uh, in the in the death card, and the image of death itself riding the white horse. White is traditionally associated with innocence, purity, um, and of course now. In a time where Black Lives Matter, we are investigating and re-examining the labels we have put onto um, uh, dark and light, right? And it, and it has to be done because of all the damage that has been um, done to uh, um, assigning positivity and negativity to colors or shades. And so... When we look in these modern times at the white horse, what I would invite is that the whiteness of the horse can indicate a freshness or a clear slate or something untouched, um, much like uh, anahata or the heart chakra, anahata in Sanskrit, uh, meaning unstruck, the unstruck, the unstruck nature of the spirit that allows us to be fresh and in the moment without injury. And when we are fresh and in the moment without injury, we are able to be present with our whole hearts so that we are not carrying the burden of a previous wounding or fear or, um, prejudice, or anything from the past that would cloud our judgment for the present moment. We're coming in fresh. We're coming in new. And in the death card, we have, uh, we have two riders here uh, with the sun and the death card. The two riders here, the sun, the rider is the innocent child, the naked, very much alive child on the white horse. 
And in the death card, we have death itself, dressed in black, with armor on. And that armor can represent, in the death card, the, the need to also be present and well-equipped to face a transition such as death. So we come in as a soldier on a white horse, or in some cases, a knight on a white horse. Having prepared, done the necessary preparation for the incredibly um, powerful transition that is death, versus the sun in which we are entering, no armor, a naked child, and coming in as um, with 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 freshness and with innocence, and with the power of innocence. Whereas in the death card, the armor signifies a well prepared nature, a trained samurai, if you will, and needing to be trained in that way to handle the powerful transformation. Here we are birthing ourselves in the sun card. We are coming into the newness of it. When we look at the sun card, we can also identify a bit with some other cards in the tarot. And I'll invite us now to look at some other cards that I feel have a relationship to the Sun card. And these two cards that I'd like to talk about in this particular episode is the Ten of Cups and the Five of Pentacles. The Five, let's look at the Five of Pentacles for starters because it seems to me that we, when we look at the Pentacles card, the Five of Pentacles the Five of Pentacles also traditionally represents um, difficulty, strife, um, struggle. And just like in the Sun card, the Five Pentacles are illuminating above uh, two individuals, in this case, who are really suffering. And the Sun card is illuminating above this innocent child who is just full of joy and uh, expansion. And I'd like to place these two cards together so that you can kind of see the dichotomy and yet the similarity of how the Five of Pentacles can be representative of needing also to see the truth of a situation and having to come to terms with some of the choices we've made, the investments we've made, and how those investments are now impacting us on a very practical level. And that can be the Five of Pentacles. When we um, look at the Five of Pentacles, it, I'm hoping that it's an invitation that we don't have to see this as a moment of punishment or, um, or um, expulsion or um, being left out in the cold. It is that feeling very much so in the tarot. It looks that way. But all these, all these figures in the Five of Pentacles need to do is look up to see the stained glass window and realize that there is illumination coming from within the house of spirit. So they're walking by this house of of spirit, maybe a church traditionally represented here with the stained glass window, some holy, um, some holy sanctuary. And all they really need to do as their eyes are turned away, they are very much involved in their own pain and suffering. All they really need to realize is that they just need to look up and realize that they are right next to the house of spirit. The house of spirit is always there. It's right there. And so they can look at the house of spirit at any time and free themselves of this suffering where inside the house of spirit, there's warmth, there's bounty, there's resources. Um, there's a, a suggestion that there is light at the end of the tunnel. 
but they don't see that. Um, in the sun card, the child is not looking up either. The, sun, the child is turned away from the sun, but the child knows that the sun is there providing the warmth and the sustenance and the energy and the source and the spirit no matter what. And so the child and the two people in the in the five of pentacles it's very very similar in the sense that they are the figures in the cards are not looking they're not paying attention to the sense of spirit but the the child in the sun card knows that spirit is there and is enveloped in this in the sense of spirit and therefore is whole and carefree and joyous and not worried and not concerned. Uh, the child knows that it has the foundation of spirit behind him or her at all times versus the two images in the five of pentacles where they are not aware of the sense of spirit and yet spirit is there illuminating. So it's a matter of being aware and being present. And that brings me back to the sun being an indicator of truth and that when we are aware of the truth, when we are present with the truth, we are then able to handle the situation with the strength of spirit behind us. And it's not always easy. The journey is not always simple. Um, it can be extremely painful. But again, as we look at the death card and the truth of transition, it's it's a, it's a it's a reality that it's important to look at that reality and come to terms with the reality of things so that we can handle what it is that is happening to the best of our ability, right? So it doesn't have to be perfect. We don't have to have it completely accurate. We don't have to do a perfect job at handling the truth in the sun card or handling transition for that matter in the death card. But as long as we're present and doing our best, we'll be able to make the most of the moment and rise to the occasion. So these are, the sun card is a challenge just as the death card is a challenge. It looks quite different at first glance, but in reality, whether we're moving into transition through truth um, or through uh, the, na the natural cycle of life, we understand that we don't really have, we don't really have much of a choice when it comes to growing and transforming. We can stay in the Five of Pentacles resistance and disconnect the energy of the of disconnect but at the end of the day the transition will happen the invitation is always there and life goes on if you will so it really becomes up to us as to whether or not we want to be present with it or be in denial of it and and this moves us now to the examination of the ten of cups the ten of cups and the smith rider weight is also a bit of a complex card at first. Um, it looks rather simple. We have a couple or a man and a woman uh, joyously giving thanks for the bounty of the Ten of Cups, the rainbow above them, the green pastures, the river running through, the house, the security. So all of the needs are being met here at first glance in the Ten of Cups. All of our wishes are coming true. And we also have two children dancing their way through the experience of the Ten of Cups. This to me is an interesting um, and multi-layered card because at first glance, once again, you seem to see, you seem to see the the joy of everything coming together, of everything um, 
just the culmination of, of hard work, uh, good intention. You know, the 10 in the tarot is the completion of something, the culmination, the, the, um, the apex, if you will, of the suit. And yet, when we look at the symbolism of the rainbow, we can also notice that rainbows are fleeting moments and they do not last forever. They come, they go. Sometimes we, uh, we have great sorrow if we miss the chance to see the rainbow, right? We, the reports, oh, did you see the rainbow after the rain? No, no, I missed it. And because we know that th it's not often that we get a chance to see this incredible um, vision. And a rain, the rainbow has, has been associated as well with uh, great fortune, great luck, and uh, great um, um, I would say almost fate, like the fates coming together and smiling down on us. And it's it's truly the perfect the perfect storm of of air and water and gas coming together. And it's quite the miracle when you see it. And it's, it's beautiful. Um, but it, it doesn't stay for long. And so we, when we see a rainbow, it's almost like at the one, in the one moment of seeing it, we're so joyous, we're so grateful, we're so excited, but we are already experiencing grief as we look at the rainbow, because we know that it's not going to last forever. It's going to be just a few moments of being able to hold this special uh, piece of magic. So the Ten of Cups is also an invitation to be present with grief and the reality of transition, again, coming back to the Death card. In the Ten of Cups, also in the Smith Rider Weight, we do have the two adults, which looks like a couple. Uh, one is holding uh, the other in an embrace. And it looks like an intimate embrace around their waist, around their hip. Um, and it looks like the male figure is holding the female figure around her waist. And so that's quite an intimate gesture. But then we also see the two children dancing and playing quite almost um, not oblivious to the rainbow because it is suggested that they are so happy because the rainbow is there above them, but they're not focusing on it and they're not keeping their attention on it. The rainbow is not the whole of their joy. The whole of their joy comes from being with one another because the children have their hands interlaced and they're dancing. So they are in the present moment not so concerned with missing the rainbow because it's almost to suggest that they have their whole lives in front of them, plenty of rainbows to be seen. Whereas the older couple might know that they do not have so many more rainbows left in front of them, that they are perhaps halfway through their life and that's a moment of, of mortality. Again, coming back to the death card, that's a moment of realizing that nothing lasts forever. And there can be grief associated with that, knowing that we do not have forever to live. So these sweet moments in life are fleeting and there's a, there's a bit of of sadness that comes that comes with the joys of life because we know that they don't last forever. So we juxtapose joy and grief. And that is the invitation I'd like to bring into the sun card, juxtaposing joy and the grief of knowing, the grief of being present with the truth and what is and allowing ourselves the process of grieving without pushing it away, without feeling like 
having grief and suffering is a sign of weakness. It's, it's a sign of being very much alive, actually. Grief and sadness are signs of being in the present moment with what is. There is a tendency to spiritually bypass the, um, the very um, real nature of, of being human and that humans have the permission, we have permission to feel grief and sadness, that we, that it is not some stamp of approval by God or spirit or Buddha, if you will, that if you walk through a life without grief or suffering, somehow you, you've done it better than anybody else. The real teachings, the real teachers like Jesus, Buddha, they experienced grief. And just the passion of the Christ uh, itself is the, is the Ten of Cups element of being present with everything that life has to offer, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and the fleeting and that we are invited as human beings to embrace life as a whole, not just the sweet parts of life, not just the joyous parts of life. And remembering that the sun card falls in the hole of the tarot, it falls in the hole of the deck, that there is, it's not just one element this human experience, that joy is the only way to do it, and joy is the best way to do it. But it's an invitation to say there's the Five of Pentacles, there's the Death card, there is also the Ten of Cups, a real practical um, embodiment of the impermanence of life and the impermanence of emotions and joy and grief too, that grief is also impermanent just as joy is impermanent, just as childhood is impermanent, and just as ad adulthood is impermanent as it culminates in the death of the body, but not the death of the spirit. And so the sun in the sun card and the flag with the rose on it in the death card and the rainbow with the Ten Cups um, above us in the Ten of Cups, that spirit is with us always. And we carry spirit like a banner in our hands, in our hearts, in our relationship to God, relationship to spirit, relationship to the greater fabric of the universe, and our place in it as well. And so when we come back um, from this little break, we're going to talk about the sign of Leo because the sign of Leo is associated with the sun card in the Tarot. And Leo, as an astrological zodiac sign, invites us to look and live at, with our hearts in relationship to the world at large and not just how we feel uh, within ourselves when it comes to uh, identifying who we are, but how Leo represents our responsibility to living with spirit and with our fellow human beings and sentient beings on this planet and our earthmates, and how we are in relationship with everything that is all around us. And Leo invites us to let our hearts be the center of the universe and be the center of spirit so that we are not just living for ourselves from an egotistical point of view, but we are living from our hearts for the purpose of the greater good of all.
I hope you're enjoying this Urban Siren podcast. And if you are and would like to support this podcast, there's several ways to do so. Please think about sending this podcast to a friend who might love to hear it. You can also support this podcast by pressing the support button on my homepage on Anchor FM. And you can consider leaving us a five-star review on your favorite podcast listening platform. By sharing this podcast and letting people know how much you love it goes a long way to helping more people hear this podcast. Welcome back. So let's explore um, the another card in the tarot which is associated with Leo, and that is the Strength card. And we'll talk about the Strength card a little bit, and then we'll come back to the astrological sign of Leo, of which we are in the Sun. Uh, we are in the Sun sign of Leo now, as of July 22nd. So the Strength card in the Tarot, so the, the Sun card in the Tarot, just um, sort of touching on what we've talked about so far, the sun card in the tarot is ruled by the sun itself, and Leo, as a sign, is ruled by the sun. So the strength card in the tarot is traditionally associated with Leo. Uh, we see the image of a woman and a lion. The lion is extremely subdued and calm, and the strength card in the tarot, which is ruled by Leo, is a card that invites us, invites us to explore what the the difference between power versus force. And there's a great, incredible book um, called Power versus For Force um, by Dr. David Hawkins. And I would I would encourage you to take a look at that book. It is really great. Um, it's a powerful invitation to examine um, what it is that we um, that we try to assert our will over versus allowing the power of universal consciousness to take hold and let the uh, the greater powers of the world sort of help us along versus getting caught up in what we think should happen, how we want things to happen, the assertion of our will, and domination. So Dr. David Hawkins in his book, Power Versus Force, and I'll put the book in the liner notes for the show, a link to it. It's an invitation to look at the different, different levels and different um, um, measurable outcomes of the use of energy through kinesiology and how we apply our energetic intentions toward a person, place, or thing. Um, and so in the strength card, this is an invitation to look at the ways we try to assert ourselves in the world and if there is a way to connect on a greater scale to universal power versus individual force. And when we are able to tap into that universal power, we realize that uh, while a healthy ego is very important to be able to know who we are, what it is that uh, we need, and, and to be able to serve ourselves in that way so that we can be autonomous, have self-agency, and then have greater joy in our lives, we also are part of the greater fabric of everything. And so we need to understand our place in that and find a way to work uh, copacetically instead of trying to dominate. Uh, patriarchal society in which we live um, tends to value domination and control and force versus uh, the power of unconditional love and of um, universal consciousness where we can become one with spirit. And again, that goes back to what we were talking a little bit earlier about the sun card. 
So here we are in Leo season. Um, Leo is a sign which is associated with strength, right? Um, the king of the jungle. And um, also great pride. You know, lions uh, congregate and grow together in prides. And so pride is a word that is associated with the lion. But from a way, but from the familial sense of pride is where we are looking at it um, in this case to the higher consciousness. So not pride in the sense of egotistical, um, the value of the, you know, putting extra value in egotistical pursuits or associations, but rather the pride that comes from being part of the family of, of, um, everything and everyone we share planet Earth with. So that pride. So the familial sense of the word, um, the kinship that we have in our hearts for every living creature. And it also allows us to have kinship with our own range of feelings so that we can come to peace with the different um, the ebb and flow of our feelings. Earlier in the episode, we talked about grief and coming to terms with the um, the uh, the feeling of grief and knowing that grief is part of the human experience and that there's nothing to be ashamed of when it comes to grief and having grief and sadness and suffering. Um, also realizing that these are impermanent states of being, hopefully. Um, the attachment to sorrow and the attachment to pain will lead to unnecessary suffering. But suffering in the, in, as human beings is quite, um, quite a natural experience. Um, it, it is not easy to deal with, but it happens. And it's important that we find a way to come to terms with our suffering so that we can process the feelings of sorrow and grief, but not repress them and not push them down. When we push feelings of sorrow and grief down, it leads to um, rage. It leads to disconnect. It leads to resentment and bitterness and all kinds of festering emotions that we really don't want to invest ourselves in because they take up a great um, deal of energy and space in our hearts. So we want to be able to free ourselves from those kinds of emotions that tend to fester. Um, so we want to be able to process those things through the body. And the channel of our body, our heart, the intelligence center, the mind of the body, in um, at least most Eastern philosophies, the heart is the center of intelligence. In Western philosophies, the mind is the center of intelligence. So if we redirect our attention to the heart as being our intelligence center that processes all of our feelings as well as in some ways the mind space, if we allow that to be the filter for everything that comes through the body, when we have a strong channel, a healthy channel, again we touch on the strength card, when we have a strong healthy channel of the heart, the chambers of the heart, are strong and sturdy, um, open and flowing, we have uh, clear passage for those feelings. And even those physical manifestations, such as blockages and clogged arteries and so forth, we allow the channel to be open and flowing. A healthy, open, flowing heart in the sign of Leo represented in a balanced way is what gives us strength and which allows us to show up in this world to the best of our ability so that we can be participatory and not egotistically obsessed with um, only pursuing the things in life that serve us best, but we can actually show up for others and help this world uh, be a more peaceful, happy, balanced place um, when we get out of our own way, when we take our burdens and place them in, um, in healthy and productive processing centers rather than suppressing those, those um, tragedies that befall all of us in life. 
So when we push down our grief, when we push down our suffering, it, it tends to lead to blockages and um, it, it does not allow the flow to, to exist in ourselves and our bodies and, and, the, and our energies. So we want to be able to have an open channel of that. Um, so we're coming, so again, coming into the sun sign of Leo now on July 22nd. And we also just uh, experienced a new moon, and we were just coming out of the sign of Cancer. So Cancer and Leo, it's very interesting because Cancer has the um, association of being a sign of great, great emotion and great feeling and great mystery um, and great purpose, and so does Leo. Leo is very similar in that way that we are invited in the season of Leo, whether or not you have sun in Leo or Leo is anywhere else in your chart, wherever it may be, pay attention to that area of your chart so that you know how Leo is speaking to you in the sense of um, where it speaks in your astrological natal birth chart. Leo invites us to come to ourselves, come home to ourselves, and to take pride in everything that we consider to be worthy and important in our lives, and not have shame around that, and not feel like we need to justify our needs or justify um, our, our right to be here. So Leo, in its healthiest sense, knows that it has a right to be here, knows that it is um, here to participate and to uh, contribute. And I think what we've been seeing, especially with COVID-19 and the, um, the results of not thinking for the greater good, have resulted in... Um, the spread of COVID-19 because uh, actions have been um, self-centered. Um, you can see on a very direct level how not paying attention to the needs of our brothers and sisters on a global scale um, directly impacts our own well-being. Because as we are suffering now um, in certain places in our country because the, the illness, the sickness, the virus is spreading because of not being aware of the importance of having an, uh, a structure and respecting boundaries and um, just uh, engaging in the modicum of uh, self-sacrifice uh, in many ways represented by simply wearing a mask. Um, it, we see now how impactful those, um, those unconscious choices are as states are now um, having to roll back and they are being impacted now um, and the whole country is being impacted on a very serious economical level. So where is it punching us besides in uh, the, the, um, the health the health centers, the hospitals, people are dying, people are suffering, people are getting sick. In addition to the health crisis the nation is facing, we are now also facing an, an economic crisis. So if it doesn't punch you in you know, the body, we're being punched in our pockets and um, we're really seeing the big fallout of uh, actions that are not um, considerate of the greater good. And it's, it's a really hard lesson, unfortunately, uh, to learn. Leo, um, as a fire sign, uh, and again, bringing in the card, the, uh, the tarot, the sun card, um, what could be more representative of fire in our universe than the sun itself? And now coming back again to the idea of truth and the idea that truth is not always pleasant. Truth does not always bring comfort. 
and truth does not always um, signify um, expansion without sacrifice. So there can be a sense of contraction and grief as truth is delivered. And we, um, it is up to us to decide. It is up to our personal strength. So the strength card, again, tying into the astrological sign of Leo, it comes back to our ability to be strong in our conviction to uphold our investment in the pride um, in a familial sense and care for those around us and show up for those around us. July and August of 2020 is going to be another, uh, once again, invitation to be present with what is. And COVID-19, the pandemic, has certainly invited us to go one of two ways, either to be in absolute and utter denial of what is happening, and to try to twist the truth to suit our comfort zone, or we can accept what is, accept what is true, as uncomfortable and as terrifying as that may be, and learn to live with inconvenience, learn to live with fear. In other words, the world and truth will not bend its realities just to suit our emotional, mental, and spiritual limitations if those limitations embody uh, shrinkage, denial, and, um, and wanting to control truth so that it suits us. The strength card in the tarot will always remind us that true strength comes from acceptance and by allowing ourselves to be washed over and washed through and washed clean with what is really and honestly happening. And to be able to use that strength to overcome the challenges, our spiritual, mental, and emotional limitations, that strength is not meant to be used in the power versus force way, in the forceful way to try to bend what is true so that it suits our needs and our limitations so that we don't have to grow, but there's such a thing as growing pains. And the strength card invites us to say, wow, this hurts, this is painful. And in order to show up, and Leo, the sign of Leo, is the same in, in this way. In order to show up in my strongest self, I need to be able to accept the fact that I am vulnerable, I am susceptible, and so is everybody else. That Because when we pretend that we are indestructible, and then we start to pretend that other people are um, there to bend to our will and to serve our highest, you know, not our highest good, of course, but our, our personal, um, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Our personal, um, endeavors, our personal trajectories that are based on solely out of, um, want and desire, um, rather than the greater need of the greater good, then we wind up in a place of disconnect, just like this country is seeing. We wind up in a place of suffering, greater suffering, more suffering than there needs to be, because we've been too, um, we've been, we've been too seduced by the ease of keeping things status quo and ignoring the big challenges in life. And then we have to pay for it tenfold, unfortunately. So the sun card in the tarot also amplifies that, that it is in many ways um, a reminder that that which you put out there will come back tenfold to you because the sun is a powerful 
flashlight. <laughs> and if we tell ourselves one little lie because we want things to be easy and smooth, uh, because it's fast and it's fast and uh, we can get to, it's it's a it's a quick fix. Boy oh boy, are we gonna have to pay later on down the road? And are the re the repairs, the cost of the repairs, are going to be so much greater than if we had just handled the situation at the get go. And that really speaks to a lot of. Um, situations in life the longer we put off the problem generally the more damage will be done and the reparations that need to be enacted in order to come back to center the amount of energy and cost emotional physical financial are so much higher than if we had just put the patch on the leaky roof instead of waiting for the monsoon to come to collapse the whole roof on top of us. So mindfulness and paying attention to injury at the get-go is so important and that's true strength as well, being able to see what really is. And you know, there was a time where I, would, I personally had a lot of aversion to acceptance and accepting what is because the way Leo falls in my chart, um, and it's not just because the way Leo falls in my chart, of course, but I think it adds to it, is that I personally have, um, a, I personally have a lot of attachment to how I am valued, and um, and how I. Uh, sit in the greater scheme of things when it comes to uh, how people perceive me and um, and what that means for my I, my self-identity and I've had to do quite a lot of work over the years to through you know through hard lessons that at the end of the day have taught me it's not about um, it's not about any um, overlay. It's not about any, um, like, I think about like the architect's like um, work, you know, workbench where there's layers upon layers of sketches. It's not the layering of other people's perceptions of me on me <laughs> that are important. It's the foundation of my own relationship to myself that matters the most and and the true um, joy and the true rewards of life don't come from what others give me but that but what I am able to claim for myself from a place of love and from a, a desire to be of service and to be uh, participatory in the elevation of, of those around me. Um, can I show kindness? Can I show compassion? Can I, um, can I relate to somebody else's struggles in a way that doesn't include um, sympathy, but more empathy? And can I allow my heart to be open in such a way that I can love myself, not from an egotistical or vain point of view, but from a place where I really do value and I'm grateful for this gift of life that has been given to me and how precious and how, um, how sacred that is. And, and that's Leo, the sign of Leo in its ultimate form is recognizing the sacredness of the self, not from, again, a narcissistic place, but from a place of true um, gratitude and a place that empowers us to want because to want to serve others because we value life so much, because we are so grateful, because we are um, recognizing our sacred selves, we see the sacredness in everything and 
everyone around us and to be grateful to have that recognition, the ability to recognize and see the sacred. And in yogic philosophy, darshana, which is a very complicated um, and complex uh, philosophy, but the darshan or darshana is that ability to see the sacred. And it's the relationship between the sacred and the one that is seeing the sacred. It is this incredible conversation between, say, the mountains in their sacred presence and the one who views the mountains in its sacredness. Coming back to the Ten of Cups, the Darshan is the ability for the figures in the Ten of Cups to see the sacredness of the rainbow and the relationship and the embodiment of the rainbow in its sacred form, having a conversation, a spiritual conversation, an energetic conversation with those who it allows to see it. It gives it the gift of vision unto itself, letting it see itself. In the myth of Diana, the huntress, um, she turned uh, a gazer who had seen her in her naked form into a stag that was then attacked and killed by his own dogs. That darshan was not, there was no, there was no permission. That was not darshan. She was not giving permission to be seen in her naked form. It was an accident and it was a mistake, but the lesson there is that the sacred object is not to be gawked at. It's not to be treated as some um, form of entertainment and turned into a lustful experience. The sacred object is to be um, revered and 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 not just and it's and there must be an invitation to see from the sacred object itself in order for that vision to be sanctioned so with leo it's the same with the heart center the heart center is not there to beat just because it can pound its chest and it hasn't earned its role as king of the jungle because just of its great um, uh, magnitude and presence, but because of the way it is in balance with nature and in balance and in sacred relationship with the jungle itself. And that is what um, earns the, the title king of the jungle is that it's not to dominate, but it's the, it's the great keeper of, of balance and of um, nature's law, which to many of us as human beings, because of our projections, uh, we don't understand and we, we can't fathom um, the, 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 the rule book of nature's law, but we, but man's law is, um, is not, this does not have the same sacredness as nature's law does. It just doesn't because man is always susceptible to um, being fallible and giving in to the vanities of the human condition whereas nature is completely um, um, disconnected from, from vanity. There is no ego there. So with the sign of Leo, we, in its full form, we are able to bring into balance the sacredness of, of, the na of, of nature's laws and remove ourselves from the imprisonment of man's laws and the vanity and the greed and the lust and all the seven deadly sins that go along with the human condition. Instead, coming into 
uh, relationship with, with the sacred, which is free of all of those bondages. So as, I, uh, as we move into Leo season today, I, I wish you the absolute uh, most joyous experience of coming into relationship with the sacred with yourself and with all of our brothers and sisters on this planet and, and all sentient beings and non-sentient objects as well. Thank you, as always, so very much for being here. And until next time, I'm Diane, host of Urban Siren Podcast. Would you like to hear your tarot question read live on an upcoming episode of Urban Siren Podcast? You can leave me a message on my Anchor FM homepage, which is anchor.fm backslash urban-siren. Click the message button. You can leave a voicemail message, and that may be played on an upcoming episode.